Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Okay. I'm sorry it's a bit warm. We can get through this. It's okay. You'd be glad to hear I've got a really short preach this morning. Yeah, that's exciting, right? It's good. But I want to encourage you this morning, just because it's a short preach, not to get distracted. I really want you to lean in to what I'm sharing this morning, because I really believe it's got a really profound impact for us as a church. So please, my challenge to you is to really be attentive to what I think God wants to share with us this morning. Last week, Pete preached brilliantly about Here I Am. And he was talking about how we make ourselves available to God and what that means. And for those of you who were here last week, it was a really great preach. And uh, it was a nice segue for this morning, which is about what it looks like to have been with Jesus. Okay? If you can bring that up, that's brilliant. So, our three words this morning, been with Jesus. And there's a a kind of key scripture around this morning, and it's in Acts 4, and it's uh, 1 to 13, but it's the key verse in 13 that I want us to, to really look at. And it says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, which means like they were ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. And the question I have this morning for us all is, what identifies us, or maybe you can think what identifies you as having been with Jesus? Is it our actions? Is it our words? How do we look like and sound like Jesus? How does that translate to someone who doesn't know Jesus? When Peter was around the time of the trial of Jesus, he ends up denying Jesus, just as had been predicted. And interestingly, he was accused of these two things. The officials of the time said, I'm sure, I'm sure I saw you with him. And secondly, you sound like him. My question today, church, is could we... Could you be accused of the same thing? It's an interesting question. But we should live in a way that makes those two statements true. No longer an accusation, but more of an accolade, actually. 
But it's interesting. What makes you look like you've spent time with Jesus? I ask myself that question and to be honest, church, sometimes I think, well, yeah, I, I, I put myself out there. I share, like Pete was saying this morning, I share my faith with my friends or, or those that I come into contact with. But honestly, church, there are times when I hang my head in shame because I haven't and I don't look like I've spent time with Jesus. This morning before I came to church, I had about 10 minutes the cup of tea, and I was on my phone. And I thought, oh, I'll go onto Instagram and I'll, I'll watch some of those, you know, those short kind of videos that, of people worshipping, yeah? Like Maverick City and things like that. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And do you know what I ended up watching? Mostly was one of those and about six soft porn. Not that I'd chosen to watch that, but it was what Instagram was putting on my feed. And I was like, God, I don't want to watch this. But my flesh, honestly, part of my flesh was like, well, you do really. Do you know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, come on. Flesh, get behind me. Satan, get behind me. This is, this is my time with Jesus. I like to come off my phone, like to make that decision. Because the enemy wanted to feed my mind with stuff that wasn't pure, that wasn't right that didn't look like I was spending time with him. And I say that because, you know, sometimes you can think, oh, well, you know, people who stand at the front, they don't get mixed up in stuff like that. Believe me, yeah? My feeds on my socials do not say, oh, he's a church leader, we'd better just send him churchy stuff. It doesn't work like that. The algorithm goes, no, let's send him everything and see what, see what he's into. Let's see what we can feed him of this world. Let's see what we can get him hooked on to watching. Gotta be careful, guys. We've got to be we've got to be wise. We've got to make decisions that put us in a place of where we're spending time with him and not with what the world wants for us. See, being with him will result in the fruit of the spirit being activated in us. And there's a scripture here that I want to read over us this morning. Because it's when we display the fruits of the Spirit, we know that's a result of hanging out with Jesus. Galatians 5 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit, which is the result of his presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, that inner joy, that excitement, that happiness, peace and patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act whilst we are waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It was definitely a case of self-control for me this morning. Again, such things there is no law. And those who will belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit. That means with personal integrity, with godly character, and with moral courage. Our conduct is empowered by the Holy Spirit.
And as we work through the Spirit, what it is that we feel and we need, that kind of goes to the wayside. And instead, we start to ask Jesus specifically what we need to enable us to live in him. What's important, church, is to understand that in all of this, the aim is to become more like Jesus. And the way to become more like Jesus is to spend time with him. It's not complicated. You see, when I was a young lad, I grew up in a, a market town in the northeast. It was a nice place to live, and our house was on a, a fairly nice estate. The street was what you would say was a, a nice street, and it was a safe place to live. The only issue was that I got involved with a group of lads who stole and swore and were problematic. And my parents warned me that I wouldn't and shouldn't be friends with these lads because they were trouble. I'm sure some of the parents sat here will know what this feels like this morning. And like many a teenage boy, I took little notice of my parents. But here's the thing. My mum, whenever, I, whenever I'd spend time with them, my mum would say, you've been hanging around those boys. She knew because my character would be different. My language certainly would change. I mean, I used words that at the time I didn't know what they meant. But you see, I changed. There was something in me that replicated what that group of lads brought. It wasn't my usual character. Now, here's the thing. It's no different now that I'm an adult. If I spend too much time hanging out with people who think differently to me, or if I spend too much time watching Netflix films or whatever that aren't good for me, if I get tempted like this morning to scroll through my social media feed without any healthy boundaries in place, guess what? I start to think and may even sound like the world and not like Jesus. So my point one this morning it's very simple. If we have invited Jesus into our lives, we've been set apart by the light. We are set apart to be, sorry, the salt and the light of this world. Not for just us, but for his glory. I'm just going to show you a quick short. Set apart. You and, you and I were, were set apart as disciples of Christ, yet he sends us into the world. Jesus even prayed this. He's, we're sent into the world to be a light, to be the salt to be the one standing on top of the hill and shouting from the rooftops who our Savior is, spreading the good news of the gospel until the time that he comes back to receive all of us. But you and I, were not like the rest of this world. If we accept Jesus Christ in our hearts, we're set apart. We're set apart for his glory. So good, isn't it? So we're set apart, which means we're to shout, about who we love and whose we are. 
and share that with people outside of these four walls. My second point this morning is around repentance. You see, repentance is a key to keeping our hearts right before God. It opens the ways of Jesus and closes the way of the world. There's a, a great scripture again I want to read over us this morning. And it's Jesus, James 4.4. And it says this, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means eternity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Hard words. Not gentle. But so true. But church, we need to think about repentance as something different to perhaps what we think it is. You see, I've grown up to believe that repentance is a daily event. Why? Because it's all about the change of a heart, your heart. And it's a change of behavior. It starts with the heart. It starts with that, oh Lord, I'm so sorry of the things I've done and the things I've said and the things I've thought. And you know what God sees that as? Love. It's not like coming before the head teacher at school and saying, I'm really sorry and not really feeling that sorry or, or worried about what the, the um, punishment's going to be. You see... Repentance with God is very, very different. Many of us see it as a telling off. When actually, it's an act of forgiveness. You see, there isn't a punishment. God's not sat there with, well, you did this, so this is what I'm going to do to you. It's completely and utterly founded in love. And once we start to see repentance as a love, as an exchange, as an intimate conversation with God, it changes your opinion as to what repentance is. And I, re I really believe these things, three things, really represent repentance properly. See, repentance lets God restore, forgive and purify us by coming to him with an open heart by 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 sharing the the sin and the the hurt and the shame and saying god i'm so sorry that opens up a whole conversation with god which is all about love and all about forgiveness and all about purification you see what we bring to god is an exchange for the things he wants to give us which are better than those things we hold ourselves does that make sense church Repentance is good. It should be a daily thing. It should be an intimacy between you and the Father. So we really want to encourage you to think about repentance in that way. Secondly, repentance helps us to keep ourselves humble. It's like a check. It's like a, God, I want more of you and less of me. It's just about aligning ourselves with the greater purpose that he has for our lives and just saying to him, Lord, you are more, more than enough for me. I want more of you. 
And thirdly, repentance drives the enemy away from us. You know, the enemy would love to just hold you in a place of feeling guilty. Do you know that? Like this morning when I was scrolling through my social media, I knew the enemy straight away was going, hey, take a look at this. This is really interesting, isn't it? Come on, Craig. Have a look at this. And you know what? It took a a moment of me realizing what was happening and going, no, hang on a minute. This isn't me. This is not what I've been created to be. This is not who I am. I don't want any of that. I just want to praise you, Lord. I'd like to make that decision for myself this morning. And sometimes, church, you're going to have to make similar decisions for yourself in terms of how you are, who you are, and come into that alignment with God and give it to him and let him change you, let him work you from the inside. Hey, you guys. As believers, we were always meant to be set apart. We were always meant to be the light and the salt of the world, which means we cannot and should not look like the world. In James 4, 4, the Bible says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We're living in a day and time where so many people claim to be Christians, but look exactly how the world looks. And we wonder why the world is going the way it's going, because the church needs to come to repentance. In the Bible, it says, people who are called by my name need to humble themselves, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And then I'll heal, hear from heaven and heal the land. Our land needs healing. We need the presence of God to return. And that will only happen when his people, which is the church, repent. Wise words indeed. Very wise words. So we need to repent, church. We need to realign ourselves and give God the opportunity to forgive us, to purify us, and to set us back on course. So just want to encourage you this morning, if repentance isn't something you do often, think about it, yeah? Set yourself straight every morning by coming to God and just saying, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Please reset me for today. Realign my heart with yours. And you will do that. So this morning so far, we've talked about what identifies as as having been with Jesus. We've talked about repentance as a key way to preparing our hearts and resetting ourselves with Jesus. But the final thing I want to focus on this morning is why is it important we live a life that reflects Jesus? People are going to end up thinking most of what they think about Christ because of what they think about Christians. Say that again. People are going to end up thinking mostly about Christ because of how they view Christians. So therefore it matters how we live our lives. Our families, our partners, our neighbours, our colleges, our universities, our friends. In fact, everyone we come into contact with is going to understand more about who Christ is through the way we live our lives. It's easy to forget sometimes that God also wants us to enjoy this life. Hands up who knows a miserable Christian. 
<laughs> Ruth does. Hopefully there aren't many, okay? Because God wants us to live a life of fullness. You see, he created us to live a life in joy and freedom. And I'll be honest with you, church. Sometimes we don't look like that. We have our heads hanging low. We're miserable. We're like, we don't connect with people. You know, you'd think we didn't know who Jesus was, never mind who he is. So we, we need to think about that a little bit as well. Check out these verses about living your best life and how God wants us to live our lives. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's Psalm 37, verse 4. Again, Psalm 37 begins with reminding us not to worry about what other people are doing or to be envious of those who aren't um, living in accordance to God's will. Instead, he says, or the psalmist says, take delight in God for what he has done for you. See, it's a call to relationship with God. We can't live our best lives if we're constantly worried about how other people are living theirs. We also can't live vibrantly if we're stuck in the past dwelling on regrets or pains. So church, take delight. Take time in delight in what God has already done for you and for the new opportunities for enjoying the life he has planned for you. Matthew 5, 12, rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad, why? For your reward in heaven is great. For the same way that the, they persecuted the prophets who were before you, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, church, life on this earth will never be perfect. We're living in a fallen world. But by worshipping and praising him daily, by repenting, by knowing him, by coming before him, by living with him, we can rejoice and be glad. It's good church, isn't it? Are we living a life, though, really, where we're rejoicing and being glad? Are we moaning, complaining? It's a big difference. Okay, just checking where I am. Acts 2, Acts 2 verse 46 says, with gladness in sincerity. And it says this, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking the bread, they were taking their meals together with gladness of heart. In the NIV Bible, the verse comes under the heading, the fellowship of believers. It's a short section that describes the culture of the new church. They were devoted to learning about Jesus. They took care of each other. They enjoyed eating together and meeting together in worship and in praise. Church, I want to encourage us this morning to spend time with others. Encourage each other. 
and be encouraged yourselves. You see, the plan for the early church was a great plan. And it's one that we should remind, be reminded of as a church today. Right, I'm coming into land now. But last, last scripture is John 10.10. 10. And it says, The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. See, Jesus is pretty clear about this. He didn't come to oppressors. He didn't come with like a plan to um, make us miserable. He came to wash away our sins so we could pave a way to what? To abundant life. You see, abundancy here doesn't mean worldly riches. Doesn't matter what car you drive, what house you have, what fashion you wear how much money you've got in your bank account. It doesn't speak about that abundant life. What God's talking about, what Jesus is talking about, is about spiritual riches, which are more valuable and more long-lasting. The other thing, church, is many people look towards heaven for abundant life. But the truth is that Jesus wants people living it now. Reflecting in him, knowing him, learning to walk in him. We need to not lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge him in order to live an abundant life. You won't experience the fullest, most abundant life until you do this. Proverbs 3, 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, who's him? Well, the Lord that I trust in, right? More than my own understanding. He will make straight your paths. We don't acknowledge God in our decisions. We don't think about what his word says and what he wants for our lives. We assume to know best, and that gets us into trouble. Don't be wise or be not wise in your own eyes, right? When you evaluate your own wisdom and understanding as ultimate and you make yourself the ultimate authority and standard as if you're perfect and always reliable, you get in trouble. This is where pride kicks in. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So... If you want the fullest life, it requires you to appropriately respect and revere the Lord, which means you turn away from what he decides and says is evil. Instead of relying on your own understanding and define, defining good and evil on your own terms, you trust in him, you lean on him, and you look to him for guidance. Amen. So summary this morning, these are questions I'd like you to ask yourselves this morning. One, what identifies me as having spent time with Jesus? Really simple question, but a really good question. What identifies me as having spent time with Jesus? Secondly, what do I need to repent of? Remembering that repentance allows God to forgive, to restore, and to purify us. And lastly, am I living an abundant life and if not, why? Jesus came to pave the way that I might live life in all of its fullness. And you know what? It's so easy to have a poverty mindset. And I'm not talking about m just money. I'm talking about the fact that when we say to ourselves, oh, I can't do that because, well, you know, it's not really my thing. I'm not gifted in that. Oh, I can't do that because I just haven't got the money to do that. Oh, I can't do that because, well, my partner wouldn't really like that. Or my family 
really wouldn't understand that. You know what I'm talking about? We come up with those answers to um, reasons we can't do things. And God's saying this morning, and I believe what he wants to land with is saying, anything and everything is possible in him. We have to be in him. Not just knowing about him, but in him. And to be in him, we need to spend time with him. Simple as that. That's your message this morning. Couldn't be simpler. Yeah? But it's about spending time in Jesus. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.